Welcome back to the Behind the Net podcast. As usual, um, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Matthew, and joined with me is... Michael, the other co-host, and I hope you guys are having a better day than Sabres fans right now. <laughs> Man, oh, we have a lot of talk. We have a lot. I think today will just be kind of like a, a roundup kind of episode of like where both the NHL is right now and the NBA on top of the Leafs and the Raptors because a lot's been happening um, in both leagues. Of course, the NBA their trade deadline is tomorrow, so we're recording this on Wednesday night, by the way. So by the time you hear this, some crazy stuff might have happened with the NBA trade deadline. We don't know, but we'll, I mean, by the time you hear it, you'll find out, or we might do it. Like, if something really big happens, we'll do an emergency podcast, possibly. Um, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Um, it's going to be pretty brief, though. Um, but before we get to that, Michael, how's your week been? It's been the same old. I mean, I feel like we t- ask that all the time, but other than just working and stuff, anything cool happening, any games, anything at all? Oh, yes, games. That's a good one because uh, it's, it's, this has been a long time coming, but I finally beat L.A. Noir the other day. It's, it took me months and months and also like a long period where I just stopped playing the game because maybe it's just like fatigue. But no, I got to the end. It was great. If you haven't played it yet, uh, I don't know what you're doing. Highly recommend it. Nice, nice, yeah. And uh, I've been playing. Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of uh, what is it? Snipper Clips. Did I recommend this in an earlier episode? I don't know, but Snipper Clips. That's a fun game on the Switch. Um, it's it's like a puzzle game which I love, <laughs> and it made me want to pull up my DS and play an old puzzle game I used to love. Uh, if anyone has this, uh, Scribble Knots. Have you heard of that? I sounds somewhat familiar. Yes. It's basically like a puzzle game. Um, it basically throws you into these scenarios and basically you can like type in anything like to spawn in any item or anything. And it's basically like basically use your imagination to spawn in items that can help you solve the problem. Yeah, it definitely sounds familiar because I know they have a, a mobile version of that game. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I used to love that game. I used to love it so much. Kind of want to pull out my DS and play it again. Puzzle games are fun. I agree, yes. Puzzle games are fun. You know what else is fun? Finding a PS5, because that's something I've been trying to do for the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been playing, you and me, and uh, you and I, and, and, and our good buddy Nick, who's been on the show uh, a few times, Nick Barden, uh, we've been playing Rocket League, and we have to play that again this week, but <laughs> when we're, we were we were really good the first night, and then we, we ran into some tougher competition, but we're really good. I got to say, for just starting out, like I literally haven't played Rocket League before, um we we were playing good i really enjoy that game and uh maybe we could do a stream and hopefully omar can join us uh soon because that's something we've been trying to get him to to join in on on the gaming wolf pack action wolf yes pack we gotta reunion. bring back the wolf <laughs> but minus juno because juno uh, apparently dipped okay but juno <laughs> if you're out there message us we know yeah. if you're if you're still out there please we need to know you're okay please come back <laughs> um but yeah, it, Rocket League is fun too. There's a there's a good game recommendation. It's free as well if you've never played Rocket League, but a lot of people have played it. But if you haven't, try out Rocket League. It's it's fun with some good friends. Absolutely, yeah. So why don't we just get right into the discussion because the big story is the future of a Toronto legend and we don't even know what's going on. Okay, let's just start with the basketball talk then. Uh, yeah, so I mean the Raptors. Okay, I'll start with Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is the Toronto, the greatest Raptor of all time. If, and we're filming this on Wednesday night. If tonight's game is the 
And actually, it's the game's winding down right now. Uh, what's the score sitting at right now? I just want to check. Uh, against the Denver Nuggets, the fourth quarter is just about to finish. It's one thirty-five to one hundred nine. So it's probably. I mean, it's a it's a Raptors dub. Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow is the trade deadline, um, and there's been a lot of discussion around what Kyle Lowry has been uh, like his status. I know. We've been talking about this a few times uh, on the podcast just this month. It was reported before that he that the Raptors didn't want to move him. And then just yesterday, I'm just going to pull up this tweet here um, from Adrian Wojnarowski, who, uh, you know, probably the most reliable source for basketball news um, on ESPN. So he said, sources, Raptors discussing Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell deals on multiple fronts, and those talks are expected to extend into Wednesday, which is today, and perhaps even Thursday. Looks like it might be going into Thursday. Philadelphia, Miami are interested in Lowry, but both have shown restraint in how far they'll go to get a deal. Um, so there is, I mean, that basically confirms Toronto is, I don't know if you'd say shopping, but they're open to, to trading him. Um and it's weird because they said, or it was reported that they said that they didn't want to trade him. So I guess things are up in the air. It is very possible that Lowry could get traded tomorrow. And today was his last game as a Toronto Raptor. Um, and that's a possibility. Or he could just not be traded. Um, and things will go on and Raptors will... Here's the thing. Um, we've been saying that the Raptors should keep Lowry. But as of right now, I mean... They're on a nine-game losing streak. It'll look like they'll win tonight, so they'll snap that losing streak. Actually, they just they just won 135 to 111, so they snapped that nine-game losing streak. But I mean, what are they? They're 17 and 26. I guess now 18 and 26. But still, like season's winding down. We're in the second half of the season. It's going to be a very uphill battle to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, like, I mean, maybe maybe before this nine-game uh, losing streak. It was like the Raptors could contend for a playoff spot. Um, Lowry is staying, and then things just kind of went off the rails. And now mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it, it's really it's going to be really hard to make the playoffs. Do the Raptors just sell now, sell high now on both, not just Lowry, but Norman Powell as well? Um, what are your What are your thoughts on this? It's uh, very interesting because I remember thinking back to our conversations around the start of the season when the Raptors had that very long losing streak. Or was it like they went? They won a couple games, but it just took them forever to really string together a series of wins. And I thought to myself, or we were actually no saying out loud that uh, the Raptors really just need to take this uh, day by day kind of thing. And if this really is the season to uh, tank, then it wouldn't be the worst idea because of uh, Cade, who's projected to be the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. And now that we know where the season's at. And it's starting to seem like the Raptors are not going to make the playoffs this year. As much as it sucks, believe me, it's not. A lot of Raptors fans are probably not used to this team struggling. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm for the first to admit, like it's. I have, don't remember the last time I've seen a Raptors team struggle, but prior to 2014, it's been that long. So, if this is the case and you need to make some trades, this is probably the best time to do it, only because. Siakam and Van Fleet are the future. They're locked up for a while. You may as well just try and uh, build, get the next big gun to play alongside them. Mm-hmm. 
you know what? I'll be honest too. I honestly think the Raptors at this point, like I know it's <laughs> it's a little too late to uh, to to say this, but I mean, maybe you know, I wish we could have you know said this earlier, but the, you know, the Raptors, I think they should rebuild at this point. It's it look it's looking really hard to make the playoffs. And hey, if you could sell Lowry for what, like literally a top prospect and a uh, top draft pick, like I saw people talking about like uh, Tyler Hero as possibly a return from Miami. Like he's one of the best prospects in the game. Like if if they'll send him for Kyle Lowry, like I would take that. <laughs> would you not? I wouldn't even. Yeah, of course. And plus, I wouldn't even consider this a rebuild. I consider it more of a retool because yeah. the Raptors still have a, a lot of good pieces, and they got some nice options in the offseason and of course the emergence of chris boucher makes a big dividends on uh, where their team is going long term so mm-hmm. raps fans don't need to view this as a rebuild it just wants to maybe the end of an era and begin the this transition towards having the team completely run by the younger guns the guys that were there for that championship team but uh, were much younger then and are more more experienced now that's how i would view it and it's not really the worst thing in the world because this is probably the best thing that could happen to this Raptors team. Because if they were trying to stay the course, I don't think that team is ever going to win a championship, at least as it was in 2020. So yeah, probably not the worst idea in the world to uh, begin anew with uh, some some of the uh, veterans. I completely agree. It's more of a retool. And uh, the only regret I guess the Raptors could be having right now is, you know, they're in that really dangerous spot of that, that bubble that's right like not now like they're kind of they kind of ruined their chances of a tank and their their chances of making the playoffs are, is going to be really tough so like they're really kind of in, in limbo there in that just out of the playoff spot and they might finish there which is well, as we said probably the worst place you want to finish your season um because you don't get either the playoffs or a top draft pick um but yeah what what can we do now like the i think the raptors as much as i love kyle lowry it makes sense. It makes the most sense right now. There's one day left, I guess, to make that decision um, to trade him if if the right offer comes along. But hey, if that happens, no matter what, even if it doesn't happen, Kyle Lowry has created such a legacy in Toronto that like he'll never be forgotten. Like literally the greatest Raptor of all time, no doubt. Um, number's going to be retired like as soon as he retires. And hey, a mm-hmm. statue should be built outside Scotiabank Arena as well. Absolutely. The only regret I have with all this is that Kyle Lowry, if if it's indeed to tonight was his final game as a Raptor, I regret that that game was not in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Raptors fans are going to be pissed off about that. It's like, come on, man. Why didn't he get the proper send off in the city that uh, made him who he was and where he became the guy that he became? Like, that's what I that's what I think a lot of fans are going to be feeling uh, if indeed he's going to get traded tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But hopefully he doesn't get traded i'd hope he retires a raptor just finish plays out the rest of his career there but wouldn't be surprised if he does get moved uh, by 3 p.m tomorrow Mm -hmm. and speaking of retiring as a raptor we do know i mean he said he he is so thankful to the city of toronto like no matter what he considers himself no matter what happens he'll consider himself a raptor for life and even no matter what happens he wants to retire as a raptor even like with the formality of retiring as a raptor which is nice to see yeah, absolutely. And and you could tell how much uh, Kyle Lowry's meant to the uh, city of Toronto. I'm looking at Twitter right now, and it's flooded with people just showing their respect for Kyle and uh, that he's, he was giving a piece to the camera on his way off the court in what could have been his last game. 
Yeah, so a lot of fans are showing love to him, and I, I, you can understand why. Like he meant a lot to this team, and he was part of the the squad that brought a championship to Canada for the first time in uh, basketball history. Means a lot to this city. Means a lot to this country. Uh, means a lot to growing him and Vince Carter. Like Vince Carter started it, but Kyle Lowry's taking it to new heights. I'd say um, with growing the game in Canada, of course, not just just that whole championship team, but not just that. I mean him and DeRozan um, really elevating the Raptors back into a consistent contender and something Vince Carter, we were like the Raptors were contenders with Vince Carter, but to the consistency that Lowry was able to lead this team to like not, not in that level. And Lowry was able to bring the Raptors to that. So yeah, I mean like just huge props to him and, and you know, no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happens in free agency, I guess either. um, Yeah. Things will always just, uh, you know, be like Toronto will just always be thankful of Kyle Lowry. Absolutely. So if there is indeed something that happens with Kyle Lowry or even Norman Powell, cause that's the other guy that's uh, potentially on the move. I'm not too sure if he gets traded either, but again, I think it makes sense if they do decide to move on from him, you can expect a emergency podcast some point tomorrow evening. Uh, hopefully a couple hours after the trade. It's if there, if there is a trade, of if course that happens the, only if yeah. that happens. Absolutely, absolutely. The last thing we want is to see him trade because we, I think, all Raptors fans agree, we love to see him finish his career as a Raptor. Just play out all the rest of his uh, days wearing mm-hmm. the, the red and black. Oh yeah. Um, other than Lowry, though, uh, yeah. I mean, like we said, uh, we want to talk about you know the Raptors' worst line. Before I get to that, uh, we'll just finish up the Raptors' trade deadline talk with uh, Norman Powell is the other big name. Um, we'll just quickly go over, uh, do you, would you trade him? His value is really high right now. The highest it's ever been. Like I was saying, Kyle Lowry, I think just garners a lot of attention just because of he's a point guard and his experience. But I think just in terms of pure value, you're absolutely right. Norman Powell would probably be the one I would move ahead of Kyle Lowry just because you could probably net much more of a return. I don't know if Kyle Lowry could net the same return that Norman Powell might be able to on the open market. So if that's the case, you definitely you lean towards the younger guy. And I think a lot of NBA teams would probably lean towards the younger guy as well. Because, like I said, Kyle Lowry isn't really in it to win a championship. It's more so to maybe, if, if he is really going to be on the move, it most likely would be to the 76ers. And it would just be to play at home, play in front of his f- friends and family. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be cool. Uh, I definitely... Norman Powell, yeah. Norman Powell's been great this season. Arguably, are like the Raptors' best player this whole season, and it it hurts to it, it would hurt to see him get traded after being the best player for the Raptors this season. Like he gave this team his all um, this season, so you know it's kind of it's kind of hard to just you know let him go or see him go. Uh, I mean, but I mean that's the that's the business of of the sport, right? And yeah. Uh, his trade value is really high and the Raptors could definitely capitalize on that, especially if they are moving towards a rebuild or a retool, whatever you want to call it towards that direction. Uh, if they can get a good offer on him, um, especially he has a decent contract too. Um, yeah. I'm sure a lot of teams are interested. I think uh, Woj even tweeted that uh, if not Kyle Lowry, like Philadelphia is looking at other guards, including Norman Powell was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess I would trade Norman Powell um i don't know like he his longevity here like his long-term plans like i could see him if a trade doesn't happen i could see him being 
another core piece on this Raptors retool. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I also could see him not being on that team and, you know, just uh, turning into an asset that could be used later on. Yeah, that's really the the, the main takeaway from all of this. Like, it's it's the million dollar question. Do the Raptors decide to hold on to uh, two players that have been here for such a long time or capitalize on their value while it's high and look towards uh, next year and beyond? That's really like it really all comes down to that. And at the end of the day, for me personally, I wouldn't want to move either of them. But if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Norman Powell just because I just think Kyle Lowry means so much to this team, much to this city, so much to the country, like you put so well earlier in the show. And I just think it's be it'd be best for everybody involved. And I guess probably Kyle Lowry would want to do this as well. Just play out the rest of his days as a Raptor. But again, the business uh, is cruel and there's no escaping it. So you just got to accept it if that's what the case is. And I think I'll be ready for it if it happens. Well, actually, I'll be ready for whatever happens. Mm -hmm. Same here. So uh, we'll go back to the trade deadline talk soon. But uh, last thing about the Raptors I wanted to talk about was they're obviously they've obviously been sliding. We we just said that lost nine in a row. They snapped that now, but nine in a row. That's like especially at this point in the season. That's devastating um, to playoff chances. And we know like for one, we could say we know it's obviously because three of their starters were um, having to sit out due to COVID protocols. Um, and like, that's understandable. You can't really do anything about that. That's been hitting all teams. It's just unfortunate. Um, Mm -hmm. not just the three stars, but also a few other players. So it's unfortunate and that's definitely played a part, but even when they were back, they did lose a couple of games. And, um, I want to know, like, do you think there were deeper issues? Anything that, what do you, what do you think could have also, what, what has been off about the Raptors other than the obvious fact of the injuries? Well, there's also the COVID factor, and mm-hmm. a large portion of the Raptors team was mere like had COVID, and that took them out of commission for two weeks. Wasn't there like a game against the Detroit Pistons where they were essentially running the Raptors 905? Yeah, for a game. <laughs> yeah, that no coach. Like most of the coaching staff wasn't there either. Exactly, and that should just tell you how dire the situation runs. And even despite all of that, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like how, like yeah, it was it was definitely bad, and the Raptors did fell out of the playoff picture pretty hard. But it's not like they're completely out of the playoff picture too, because as you know, the Eastern Conference is not looking too good about this mm. around this time. Fortunately, they're uh, not in the West. Yeah, the West the, is a whole different beast. <laughs> right now, the eighth seed is occupied by the Boston Celtics at twenty-one and twenty-two. Who's to say that the Raptors could go on a lengthy winning streak? Because they're already at 18 and 26. And with if things continue to go downwards for a couple of those teams between the 6th and the 8th spot, it's still possible that this Raptors team could make a run. So just as much as it's easy to say, oh, time to trade everything, you could also say, hey, maybe this team still has what it takes. That's really like I was saying. The million-dollar question is, do you decide to hold on to them because you think this team's still good enough? That's how I probably should have worded it before. Do you mm-hmm. keep on to everyone because you think this team still has a shot at making it? Or do you sell off and just look ahead towards the future? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's definitely the million-dollar question. Um, yeah, obviously, like, the COVID factor is insane. Just even coming back from that, obviously, you know, Van Vliet, Siakam, 
uh, Ananobi all came back after having to sit out games. But if they really did, well, Van Vliet admitted he had COVID. And if the others did too, um, it's, it, it's definitely, it would be hard to just come back full energy from that. Right. So there's that. Um, but also, yeah, there has been, uh, I think there has been like, we clearly saw it a little, but some chemistry issues, some, just some internal issues that's for the team to figure out. But we could see that there has been some frustration. I mean, Pascal Siakam, um, it was reported that he had an outburst or like he, I think they said he had some choice words towards Nick nurse after Sunday's yeah. game. And, uh, I actually didn't follow up, but there was uh, reports that um, from Shamsharania that he uh, that the Raptors were finding him, and then Doug Smith tweeted that he wasn't getting fined; that the Raptors actually were finding him. So um, I don't know what the final update on that was, but the 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 the, the fact still the fact of the matter is still that there was an outburst. You know, there's frustrations. There's uh, you know. Um, there's tension possibly, and we don't know what's going on. And that's for the team to figure out and, and great teams get through that. Like we've seen in the 2019, uh, Raptors championship team. I mean, Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard both said that there were things that happened behind the scenes that the Raptors, uh, that was tough and the Raptors just had to get through it. And I guess uh, every team goes through it. And I think there are some tension, some, you know, there's chemistry issues right now. I think they're just dealing with that uh, tensions are high. So do you think that's poss- a possible uh, thing as well? That's a possible factor. I think chemistry isn't the huge concern. I just think it has a lot to do with the, the team struggles as a whole, because when everything's going well, things are going great, but you know it very well when, when you're a team that's struggling to string together wins or even find consistent success, it, it's just hard to feel great about uh, the state of your team. Mm-hmm. And, Maybe uh, maybe the coach's uh, message maybe isn't getting to you the same way it used to be because you're telling like probably thinking to himself you said this every day after day and we're still losing games we've got to do something different and I think that's probably what was going on through Siakam's head around that time on Sunday because he's just so frustrated mm-hmm. an eight or nine game losing streak that'll get to you so the fact that he responded so well after that and had a pretty good game against uh, Denver. Should should speak uh, should do nothing but uh, good for uh, his confidence and the team's confidence going forward. Mm. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, like exactly how you said. Maybe it's not chemistry issues, but like yeah, it just it's fr- it's a frustrating time and it definitely causes a little bit of turmoil in the uh, team uh, in the locker room and things like that. But like I said, that's for the team to figure out. And today they had a great game, so they just have to keep rolling with that. Absolutely. Oh, I'm just getting some breaking news from Jordan Schultz of ESPN. League sources say that the Raptors, with highly coveted trade targets Norman Powell and Kyle Lowry, are holding up much of the league because of huge asking prices for Powell and Lowry. Oh my goodness. They gotta ask for Giannis. So, (laughs) what what, what do you make of that? I mean, I'm just like, what could they, what could Masai Masai and Bobby possibly be asking for like huge asking prices i mean let's hope a team falls for that <laughs> but i wonder what they could ask is tyler hero i mean yeah at face value i would consider if the raptors could get tyler hero like that would be a a home run for them that would be a pretty big ask if they are asking for tyler hero from the heat um mm-hmm. i don't know 
Give us Ben Simmons. <laughs> Give the Raptors Ben Simmons. Uh, although I think the other the other side of that theory is possibly that the Raptors are trying to keep those two players, and they're doing everything in their powers to like turn teams off from uh, trading for them. So you could tw- you could turn that story any way you wanted to. At the end of the day, the Raptors value these players a lot, and it's possible that the rest of the league doesn't view them as highly as uh, the team does. So. That should be interesting how things play out in the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know Kyle Lowry is one of the most underrated players. I mean, as in the fact that, you know, I see a lot of slander for him. Everyone knows that he is very underrated. Um, so maybe other teams, you know, are kind of underrating his value. But I think the Raptors know that uh, that his value is still there. And, and especially Powell, his value is very much so there. And maybe other teams aren't seeing it to that degree. So we'll see, but it's interesting. And if anything, that just confirms the Raptors are shopping them, both of them. So we'll see what happens. That's some crazy news. Absolutely. Uh, before we do move on to other topics, we have to give a big shout out to the uh, all-female broadcast that yes. uh, was for tonight's uh, TS uh, game on, for the Raptors. I have to say, watching snippets of that uh, show, because I was doing some other things, it was fantastic. They did a phenomenal job. And I'm going to be honest, I hope there's more shows like this. I hope it's not just a one-off thing. Yes, me as I think well. It's, I think it's going to be great for not only the growth of the game, but for all women, inspiring women in sports. It's going to do great. And I, I hope not only are we seeing more of this for the NBA, but for other leagues too. Like exactly. the NHL could, could benefit from this. Like a Leaf game with an all-female broadcast could totally be done. I think I'd be all for it. Yeah, I think I saw uh, a TSN was getting... Uh, Kia Nurse was on the uh, on the broadcast team. I think Sportsnet started to uh, have Sarah Nurse uh, um, as an analyst for hockey games. I would love to see her join. Uh, yeah, an all uh, female uh, broadcast team that would be great. But for hockey, um, today's today's broadcast was awesome. I, I've seen clips as well, and uh, I really do hope that we got a lot more of that because um, it was just it was great. And uh, obviously, with a lot more, hopefully. Uh, they can hire a lot more um, different, uh, you know, uh, female commentators, women's commentators, and, uh, you know, people like women to uh, join the broadcast team as well. Absolutely. And uh, our, don't take just take our word for it. The responses on Twitter have been universal in how much they're loving the broadcast of this game. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd imagine that TSN's probably thinking that they, they could totally do this uh, for more than just one night. So yeah, I, I I would love to see more of it, and I'm congratulations to all the women who did a phenomenal job. Let me I'm trying to find their names. Uh, it's around here somewhere. Give me one second. It's, we need we need to shout out their names. There it is. Uh, let's go in order as soon as it loads. Uh, yes, Kayla Gray, Megan McPeak, Kia Nurse, Katie Burness, and Amy Audrette. Well done, ladies. Looking forward to another show. Mm-hmm. I would love to see them on more broadcasts, like. I mean, of course, Matt Devlin, Leo Routens, uh, Jack Armstrong are all great, but maybe they should get like a rotating uh, cycle of different broadcast teams, bring more diversity into there. Uh, that would be great to see. Absolutely so agree. The viewers can get like, you know, more of all of all these different uh, broadcast teams. That's a great idea. Why didn't they think of that sooner? <laughs> but yeah, big shout out to that. Um, so now, I mean, we talked a lot about the Raptors trade deadline stuff, uh, pretty much everything going on with the Raptors. 
Um, some other trade deadline stuff that possibly could be around. I know we were talking just before we started this, we were talking about the possibility of Lonzo Ball being on the move. I know Woj also tweeted uh, um, Victor Oladipo could possibly be on the move. Who do you think are some big targets uh, that can uh, be shopped around for tomorrow? Well, let's just put it this way. Uh, the NBA off the trade deadline is, is always uh, crazy. Every time that there's uh, the trade deadlines approaching, there's always big names being moved. I've seen Montrez Harrell's name being involved in uh, trade rumors as well. Andre Drummond is still up there. Uh, George, yeah, no, Hill? It's, it's, George Hill as yeah, well. Spe- yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, even though the, the Nets are a contending team, which doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, no, there's Montrez. Yeah, I mentioned Montrez Harrell. Demar is is available. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant. There's there's so many players that that could be on the move tomorrow. It's gonna be insane. The only thing is though, COVID might be playing a factor here. Although the, thankfully there's no border restrictions that are like in Canada, which is definitely making trades there a lot difficult. But yeah, I would expect there's at least a couple of big moves tomorrow, and maybe Demar Derozan gets traded. I think I think it's I think it's a very strong possibility he's on the move, just considering how how poor the San Antonio Sports have been this year. Return to the Raptors? No, I'm just joking. I, I don't th- <laughs> I don't think he fits the mold of the Raptors going forward. But I mean, Demar Derozan will always be uh, a legend, and I always hope that he can win a championship more than honestly, probably the more more than any other current player maybe chris paul is up there too uh but i really want i really want him to win a championship oh i stand correct about san antonio they're seventh in the in the west Mm -hmm. point still stands though they they could totally there's totally could be better Mm -hmm. oh yeah um but yeah it's gonna be interesting uh like i said i think lonzo ball is gonna be a big one because i I was just telling you uh Mm -hmm. i don't think the pelicans want to resign him he could ask for a lot i mean it's tough. Like, I just want to pull up some stats here. Uh, like, the other night, Lonzo Ball, I think it was against the Jazz as well. He put up 17 assists, and they ended up losing that game. Like, and it, it wasn't his fault. Um, you know, like, it, it's tough. He's getting better, and you just it, – it's not getting recognized because the, 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 the Pelicans are still, unfortunately, losing games. Yeah. The West is just so tight this year. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing they can really do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, against Portland, uh, he put up 17 assists, which is crazy. Um, he's just been playmaking like crazy. He's a great playmaker. Like I know he would fit. I was telling you, he'd fit great on the Clippers. I know they're looking for a point guard, um, and of course the Sixers are looking for him as well. Um, we'll just see, but there's a lot um, coming tomorrow, so we'll see who gets dealt. Absolutely. Uh... You know what? There's there's one thing that uh, Lamelo's dad would love. Lavar, sorry, Lamar would love to see his son back in L.A. and destroying the <laughs> Lakers. Oh, that actually would be great. Can you imagine? Like back in L.A., he gets to go home, which they wanted, but this time he's getting revenge on the team that traded him. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be. I think they would like that scenario, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, while we're on the topic of the Ball family, why don't we talk about who we talked about a lot last uh, episode, LaMelo Ball, who we've been saying we're super impressed on him. And, like, I've been I've been super hyped for him, like, for years now. I thought he'd be – he had crazy good skill, but he surpassed even my high expectations for him, and he's been playing great. But, unfortunately, 
he just got injured. He fractured his wrist um, last game or a couple games ago. And it honestly looks like his season might be done. Super unfortunate. Yeah, it sucks too because I think he was uh, on track to win the Rookie of the Year award. I thought it was his lock. Like as lo- if he just played out the rest of the games and averaged like somewhere around like literally like ten points a game, and just kept doing his thing. Like it was a lock at this point already. Yep. So now it's looking like uh, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman might have a shot at uh, stealing the trophy, especially if they can up their games the rest of the way. Yeah, it it sucked because ball with the mellow ball definitely deserves that trophy like he played exceptional he had a lot of great highlights um uh, he he proved his birth early on i remember way way back during the preseason he had a couple of big highlights against the raptors so i oh, yeah. it was pretty apparent that he was uh gonna be in for uh First for for big uh, rookie season, and he, he led, did not disappoint. He led in every rookie stat except for um, blocks. Except for blocks, um, he led in every major stat for rookies. And uh, I know Anthony Edwards started scoring a lot more, but and he passed him in points per game technically. But you take a look at D'Angelo Russell being out, how many minutes they're giving Anthony Edwards and how many shots he's taking is nothing compared to LaMelo Ball. So when you take that into account, like just because he was, it, it was obvious that he get his numbers, uh, his his points per game higher. Still, LaMelo Ball is way ahead because honestly, and like I would say Anthony Edwards, like he's playing good right now. He's playing good at the end of the season. LaMelo Ball is playing good the whole season. And Anthony Edwards was a starter right off the top, so he got those minutes. Lamelo Ball had to earn those minutes, and then when he got, he became the starter. He literally his his numbers jumped up to like twenty points per game. So I'll say this: unless Anthony Edwards goes crazy and like and like averages like twenty five points per game for the rest of the season, I to be honest, like I wouldn't give him the rookie of the year, and I still don't think he would get it. And what about Tyrese Halliburton? I think he would be a better second place if anything. mm Hmm. I definitely agree with you there. I will say this though: part of my what might tip the scales in Ball's favor is the fact that the Charlotte Hornets, around the time that he got injured, were in the playoff spot. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it was a 500 record, and that's just one win short of being fourth in the Eastern Conference, which really shouldn't say too much. But I, it's still it's still a playoff spot nonetheless, and uh, it's definitely could have been possible that he could have uh, gotten that team to the playoffs, maybe even uh, win a playoff round or two. Who knows? So just the fact that he was playing the way that he has and turned that that Charlotte Hornets team into a contender right away, that should should bowl well for his case. Oh yeah, and like I see a lot of arguments about exactly that, and like I completely agree. The Charlotte Hornets are a, literally a playoff contender right now. He took them from being mediocre, um, and it really is like their plays literally run through him. Uh, he changed their the pace of their game. They take a lot more uh, fast break shots now. Like the, a lot of their plays are, are based solely around him and cycling the ball through him. Um, when you look at how much he's impacted that team, it's crazy. And then on top of that, um, you know, Anthony Edwards, like the, the Timberwolves were in last place last season and they were in last place this season. And um, that's even with Anthony Edwards <laughs> playing great. And I see a lot of discussion about, oh, the Hornets, it's not just LaMelo Ball. The Hornets have 
uh, Terry Rozier and and, and uh, Gordon Hayward, who are playing great. Yeah, they're playing great. Um, and that's big on them too. But uh, what about Carl Anthony Towns? <laughs> don't tell me that the Timberwolves um, don't have good players. They do. They just haven't gotten it figured out yet. Um, they well, have, will they ever? I don't know. You, Carl Anthony Towns is a beast. Um, and like they just can't figure it out. Anthony Edwards has um malik beasley as well has been playing great this season they have little pieces there they just can't figure it out um the charlotte hornets have figured it out through Lamelo ball so like you said yeah that i think that should that should give him a lot more like give Lamelo ball a lot more credit when it comes to the voting again we don't know what's going to happen it would be unfortunate if he loses because of this uh injury but i as of right now i know a lot of the journalists the voters who vote on it, i know even Stephen a smith was saying He's pretty. He's pretty much set on vote. He said this before the right before the injury, but he said he, his vote is already going to Lamelo Ball. So I don't know how people will feel. And like I said, I feel like either Hal Burton or Edwards would have to play like unreal to win the Rookie of the Year. But yeah, here's what I'll say on the matter: if the Hornets end up missing the playoffs, because it's it's a possibility just because of how big of a factor the, the ball was playing into their success. Um. That, I think would, that would give him a reason to uh, win that award. But if they still win it, then maybe the chances slightly dip a bit, but that's a key word, a bit. Still, I agree with you. At the end of the day, he's probably still the favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. And uh, if anything really changes, it's got to come from uh, from the other guys on that list. And I just don't know if there's anybody that can really live up to how well of a season uh, Lamella Ball was playing mm-hmm. before he got injured. I know, right? Like going back to praising uh, Lamelo, the fact that we're sitting here talking about the fact that his the gap between him and the second person on that list of the of rookies, the fact that we're talking about the the gap is so big that like even if he doesn't play the rest of the season, he still possibly could still have it locked. That's how crazy he's been playing, and it's great. And like um, like we were talking about last episode, he played with like literal uh, professional basketball players before. And I think that's going to play into how prospects now in the future, think about going to college or going pro and getting that experience. Cause we see he plays with so much confidence because literally he's been to like every level of basketball before this. Yep. And I think that should, should bode well for his case as being one of the faces of the league going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope that uh, there's more matchups between Zion and LaMelo because I think they're going to be the two faces of the NBA. Uh, once Giannis's time at the top maybe starts to go down a little bit. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to mm. like be completely go away because like because Le- LeBron has proven that uh, even though he's in his 30s, like mid-30s right now, he is still balling. Mm-hmm. And of course, he got injured recently, so who knows uh, how effective he'll be when he get back. But that point still stands. So... I definitely think that Zion and Lamelo are the faces of basketball uh, to come, so it'll be it'll be great to see uh, him. I hope that both can stay healthy, and I both they can get back on the court uh, uh, against each other one day. And I just hope Lamelo Ball uh, this injury doesn't uh, affect his uh, abilities long term. Oh yeah, and let's not forget even Cade uh, Cunningham, huge hype around him. We'll see how the future of the league goes, but yeah. Wrap things up with that. Uh, it's unfortunate that Lamelo Ball suffered that injury. Let's hope. I mean, so it's four weeks. They said he he had his surgery like I think yesterday. Um, they said that uh, the Hornets said that 
they're he's going to be out for four weeks and they're going to reevaluate so we'll see what happens then uh but yeah um here's to hoping that he can uh return soon maybe hopefully he can finish out the season because mm-hmm. uh that's that'd, that'd be nice oh yeah um so with that let's head into uh hockey talk now um a little less than basketball basketball was a lot so we'll we'll keep this nice and condensed and and uh a little brief but uh the leafs the leafs have been struggling for the most part <laughs> this last yep. week yeah i mean they won their last game uh finally <laughs> but before that how many how many games did they lose in a row let me just see here they lost they lost six of their previous seven prior to that win against the calgary flames yes they did six of their last seven that's bad that is <laughs> that is bad and for a the team that was in first place and riding so high, and I think we talked about this last week at the, when the when the the losing streak was just starting, uh, when the slump was just starting, we were saying, oh, you know, like this is where they have to show their consistency. This is where they have to show that they're a good team. Um, we didn't think it would last, and then yeah, it kind of got worse. Um, but obviously, we saw now. Uh, I mainly want to talk about the goaltending situation. I think that's been a big thing. Anderson has not been playing that great. And then we know Jack Campbell comes in um, last game back from injury uh, and he gets a shutout against the Flames. And it looks like all I'm going to say is Anderson's starting spot is looking as unstable as it's ever been. And then here comes Jack Campbell with an opportunity to take it, possibly. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'll say about the matter. The starting net belongs to Jack Campbell for the time being. It's been pretty clear that Freddie is struggling with an injury of some sorts. It's not entirely sure what the injury is. I think it's a lower body injury that hasn't uh, fully healed, and that's probably playing a factor into how he's been playing. But Mm. at the same time, the Leafs just need their goalie to make a save and make a save more often than not, and also be the have the best goalie in the game because more more often than not, the the Leafs have had the second best goalies in game, especially in this last stretch where they they played well for the most part, but then their goalie uh, lets in a bad goal and they're chasing the game and uh, uh, the time runs out and they lose a game in regulation. And then there's uh, the one win was in overtime. So this last game on Saturday was their first regulation win in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that should tell you how dire the situation has been for this team. So, all the Leafs really need going forward is their goalie to just just stand, st- like make a save, just make a save, and try your just. It doesn't. You don't have to be the best goalie, but just play well enough to give your team a chance. And if Jack Campbell can't do that, then the Leafs are going to be in a very tough spot. And you know it wouldn't be the worst idea to trade for a goalie at the deadline, even though they did that last year and they thought because they thought that Jack Campbell would be the answer long term, mm-hmm. but. Who even knows? Yeah. But, I mean, I will say, first I want to say, I was just looking at, like, the scores. Um, The last time that the Leafs, other than last game, of course, but before that with their terrible slump, the last time they let in less than three goals was March 3rd. Um, Every other game after March 3rd against the Oilers, which is, so, yeah, where that seven-game slump started, um, they let in at least three goals every game. Um, so that's not good, but yeah, like you said, um, it's definitely up for the taking for Jack Campbell. Um, 
And it's not like, I don't want to say it's not Anderson's fault. Like it's, it's, it's tough because yeah, he is dealing with an injury. It seems. And of course, if it's an injury, like it's insane that he's playing through the injury and, 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 um, you know, it's an unfortunate situation if the Leafs were to lose all their goalies to injury. So I guess he's sticking it out. Um, so like you said, possibly maybe a trade, maybe possible depth might be needed uh, for the goaltending situation. But focusing on Jack Campbell, like he has shown that he has potential to even become a starter, which is great when you pick up a backup goaltender and he could possibly be a starter. Like that's the jackpot. But well, I, I honestly think now, yeah, the Leafs roll with uh, Jack Campbell, see where that gets uh, the Leafs because for the most part this season, Jack Campbell has played really good in all the games he's played. Let me just pull up his stats. Well, uh, I guess you could keep giving some of your thoughts. I'll say this about Jack Campbell. The Leafs going into the season were hoping that uh, he and uh, uh, Anderson could trade starts, maybe Freddie 60% of the time and Jack 40% of the time. But the problem is both have been injured. Jack, obviously, uh, more so than uh, the former. But, like, it still doesn't erase the fact that both have not been fully healthy, and there hasn't really been a time, other than the first couple games of the season, where both players were fully healthy. And that is it's tough for a team, especially one that's trying to contend for uh, greater things uh, in the spring. Mm-hmm. But... The last thing that this the Leafs need is Jack Campbell to get injured yet again, because let me be let me ask you bluntly: Do you trust Michael Hutchinson to carry the load? No, I don't think so. That's <laughs> that's exactly it. So they they gotta hope that uh, Jack Campbell stays healthy. Otherwise, it might it, the time might be ripe to either call up one of the guys from the Marlies, which probably isn't the greatest idea, but. Anyway, it's, it's an option. Or make a trade. That's why we were hearing the rumor that Jonathan Quick might be an, a target for the Leafs, even though that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> Another name that keeps getting popped around uh, from time to time is Chris Drieger, who's a backup for the Panthers, which I think mm. would be an excellent addition. But yeah, no. The fact that we're at this point in the season where we don't even know if we can trust the Leafs goalies to stay healthy should make sense why they probably might have to make a trade for a goalie instead of a forward mm-hmm. or a defenseman. I think the Leafs should, yeah, if they're exploring that option, but for the time being, roll with Jack Campbell. Uh, small sample size, but he's played and started in four games this season, and he's won all of them. Uh, he's only let in four goals and made uh, 113 saves, so his save percentage is .965, which is amazing. And, uh, again, small sample size, but half, like, Two out of four of those games were shutouts. Um, so sm- small sample size, but I'd say roll with him. He since he's returned from injury, r- roll with him for a few starts. Give Anderson some time to rest to heal up that injury, and then see you know how Campbell does. Absolutely, I think that's really all you can do at this point. Just ride out Campbell for as long as you can. Hope that Freddie's injury isn't long term, and uh, when he comes back, you fit you play it by year. Because the last thing this Leafs team needs is uh, one or both of them to go out with an injury. The Avalanche learned uh, the hard way that as much as Michael Hutchinson could step up his game, uh, he's not going to be the answer <laughs> for when the team needs to go on a deep playoff run. Although that would be if the, the most hilarious thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I was going to say uh, 
of course, the trade deadline is approaching, but not as soon as the NBA trade trade deadline. So I think next week we'll talk a lot more about possible trade scenarios for the Leafs. Um, that would be a good idea. Um, but yeah, we, we could just hope that the Leafs turn things around now. Um, they're going to need it. They're, thankfully, they didn't fall like you know out of a playoff spot or out of their division spot, but they, they're going to want to turn things around as soon as possible. They want to get back to the top. Yep. You know what would be interesting, though, if the Leafs did make a trade? If, if it's not for a goalie, there, there is a few names that have been connected to this Leafs team. The most notable one that keeps getting popped up is uh, Mikael Granlin on the Nashville Predators. Mm. Now, for a while there, it was looking like that trade was an inevitability, just a matter of time before that came to pass. But uh, now it's starting to seem like the Nashville Predators are in the playoff conversation. <laughs> which I don't know if, if they would even do well in that scenario, but that's a, just what happens. Um, maybe they'd want to hold on to them. Uh, yeah, this if if anything, you could still keep your eyes out for Mikhail Granlin, but maybe the Leafs are uh, looking at something else. Just like just earlier today, Kyle Dubas was seen at uh, the Flames Senators game, and who knows what he was doing, mm. why, why he was there. But... It's possible that he was probably looking at a team from Canada to make a trade with. So all I can say is uh, keep your eyes peeled on Twitter. Keep refreshing the page. Uh, you never know. There could be a trade happening any second now, oh, any yeah. minute now, <laughs> any day now. It's going to be interesting, so we'll see. Um, but I think we'll wrap up the episode here. We talked a lot about it, and, and definitely basketball was the main subject this week because of the trade deadline but next week a lot more hockey expect a lot more hockey and hopefully the uh leafs start turning things around absolutely uh a couple things before we take off uh the blue jays they're doing pretty well in spring training uh, as it as it stands right now they're 14 and 8 they i believe they are just coming off a big win obviously it's the preseason for baseball so the, the results don't matter but uh, a lot of injuries, though. I think Kirby Yates is going to be missing some time. I think he's got uh, Tommy John surgery on the way. But the players that have stayed healthy have been pretty good. And I know uh, George Springer was the big offseason acquisition. So, Matt, from what you've been able to catch of the George Springer's highlights, what have you? What do you think of him so far? He's playing good. I think he's playing good. And I think the Blue Jays were already going to be a successful team. But, uh, again, uh they were already going to be a successful team as we expected this season. Um, but he mm-hmm. just elevates the, the game even more. And all I'm going to say is like, I don't know uh, with spring training. Uh, I try not to get too, <laughs> too ahead of a team's expectations with spring training. We'll just see how, if they can carry the success into the regular season. Absolutely. Yeah. There's this great article that came out during the weekend by David Singh that just talked about David uh, George Springer, uh, what he's like off the field. And it was an excellent read. If you haven't checked it out, uh, go to Sportsnet. It's it's there. It's worth your time. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, so we'll just have to see. Baseball season's around the corner, so that's exciting. Um, other than that, we'll just wrap things up, I guess. Um, you want to shout out Matt, our Twitters? Oh, you have. Of one course, there? yeah. I'll just well, we could definitely shout out our Twitters. Uh, mine is at the Leafs IMO. Mine is at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. And you can follow our podcast um, Twitter at, um, at Behind the Net Pod. How, okay, before we do go, Matt, how is your bracket doing for March Madness? Terrible. Um, <laughs> but, man, <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk a little about March Madness super quickly, like, 
I don't know. It's been <laughs> this year has been very unpredictable, which I like. I like that. And uh, I don't know, like who's if you could choose a team to pick, who are you kind of running with right now? Or, or I'm hoping Baylor. Them? Baylor, I think, is uh, looking pretty good. They're about to play uh, Sweet Six, the part of the Sweet Sixteen tomorrow against Villanova. I'm I'm just hoping and praying that they win because I actually picked them to win the national championship. <laughs> so of course, as soon as I say that, uh, they're gonna lose tomorrow. So great, just great. I'm gonna kind of I'm kind of running with uh, Florida State only because. Uh, uh Ryerson Rams uh kind of star player has now Tenor Nagam and I actually did a story on him. He's a great, great guy. Awesome guy. Absolutely. Um he uh transferred over to Florida State um for this season and look at them. They're in the sweet sixteen. I think he's gonna get drafted uh this this year. Let's I hope think he's that would be huge really for huge for Canadian basketball. Oh yeah. It's too bad though he couldn't get drafted as a Ryerson Ram. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I digress. Yep, hopefully he's getting a lot of good looks out there. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. So March Madness is it's just madness. Absolutely, I need I need to get a ranking above fifty one percent because I I can't have these predictions be half right. It's just not <laughs> it's not it's not right. <laughs> Man, I, I suck at brackets. But anyways, um, we shouted out to Twitter and uh, yeah, we oh just wanted to say uh, yeah things have been getting busy with us with our schedule so we're still putting out episodes it's just sometimes it's hard to hit that exact uh weekly same day of the week um <laughs> deadline but uh around that time we're, we'll definitely be back with the next episode uh po- probably next week somewhere around there absolutely yeah uh, it's our personal lives have been getting busy we're gonna hope to keep things uh, consistent going forward but yeah if if time comes where uh we're having a hard time uh, getting the podcast uh, up you know why hopefully mm-hmm. soon things that get back on track but yeah it's just right now things have been a little busy on for per, on in our personal lives oh yeah so uh anyways yeah uh make sure you follow us on twitter and uh we'll, ca- uh, we'll catch you guys next week and thank you for listening take care guys